Hello listeners, this is Sharon. Many of you have heard Jeremy and I as we have discussed the new COVID vaccine. And I'm here to tell you I took the first dose of the Moderna vaccine on December the 22nd. And yes, I knocked Jeremy down to get there first. As you all know, we are all professionally responsible for taking care of patients on a daily basis, but we're also socially responsible to lead by example, playing our part towards ending this pandemic. Hopefully, this is the beginning of the end of COVID-19. Hopefully, all of you will also consider getting vaccinated as it becomes more widely available over the next few months and play your part. Let's do this together. And if I need you guys to help me hold Jeremy down to get his, I will be calling on you very soon. So I'd like to send a shout out to Dr. Trevetti at Piedmont Healthcare, where I work, who debates with me and teaches me every day whenever I work with him. He's one of the smartest guys that I know, and he got his vaccine before I did. Hello, listeners. Beyond the Mask, in conjunction with NBC RNA, is pleased to announce that listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how to submit them, go to our website. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Sharon, this is going to be an interesting night. (laughs) (laughs) All I want to know is, are you ready for this? I really don't know. (laughs) I'm going to be honest here. So somehow I have stumbled into the ladies' night. Yes, you have. Yes. And Sharon, what are we going to be talking about tonight? Because I really have no idea. Well, you're going to learn something tonight. So That doesn't surprise me. All right, let's back up for just a minute. And I know you're going to enjoy this. I screwed up. That's why we're here tonight. You screwed up. Yes, I know. I normally have strong women over once a week because we have these get-togethers where we talk about lots of things, politics, 
is forefront on a lot of lots it. of things lots just of leave things. it at lots of things yes yeah. lots of topics and we had decided that this was the night that we were going to come over and i had forgotten that we had podcast taping so whenever i figured out this was the same night i said well you guys just come on over to the studio and we're going to tape a podcast and we're going to let jeremy into the lair mm. okay <laughs> welcome welcome thank you and who do we have with us well i will let them introduce <clears throat> themselves. how about that okay so kimberly you first i'm kimberly gordon i am a nurse anesthetist from winston-salem and i am sharon's classmate at yale yale and what else do we do together besides drink yeah, well, there you go. You did say we went to Yale, right? Kimberly was my campaign manager. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you I'm know, she always introduces manager. you that way, Kimberly. Kimberly was my campaign manager. Well, that's because Kimberly's smarter than I am. You know, she's got the strategic uh, mind, the big picture kind of thing. Hates so. people. Yeah. Hates people. It works out really, really well. So she pushes me forward uh, with the microphone. There you go. Go. And so our other strong female that we have learned so much from is... So I'm Judge April Wood. I'm a district court judge in North Carolina and currently running for the North Carolina Court of Appeals. Seat four on your ballot. Don't forget to vote. Absolutely. Who's who's already voted in this room? I have. I have. I have not. I have. I'm going Wednesday. Oh, dear me. All right. Seat four. North Carolina Court of Appeals. Because, you know, I'm in Davie, so we're good. (laughs) That's it. I got April Wood, not, what is it you say? Not a forest. It's a tree, not it's a, a forest. Tree. It's a tree. There's not no a S. Uh, mm-hmm. hey. A wood. <laughs> so let's oh. go on to. We're going to pretend that you are at the table with us. Okay. Um, tonight, the way we would normally. And are be we going to talk about the year of the woman? Is that kind of going to be our absolutely? Topic? Think you can have anything to offer to this conversation? I mean, I've known a few. <laughs> I bet you have. And I'm married to one. Well, we're happy. Yes. And it's the second one you've been married to. It is. So much better than the first, yeah. Sharon. Yeah. yeah. I love these people that get it right on the first time. You know right. what I mean? Well, I, I mean, you right. did. And I did. I did. You did. Yes. I did not. <laughs> so Kimberly and I are on the right side of the table, yeah, you know? Right. So That's um, it. That's it. But Kimberly... It's better the second time around. Oh, I don't believe that. Never again. <laughs> Been there, done that. Bought the t-shirt. I'm good. Not again. Oh. Well, you know, I wouldn't do it again because I got it right the first time. That's right. I did too. I'd marry right. the same person all over again. You yeah. know, I, I find that interesting when you ask people that. Would you marry the same person again? And what do you do if they say, oh, hell no, I'm not. Well, I think that a (laughs) large majority of people would (laughs) say that. But, you know, I do, too. I think a lot of people would say that exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I ask people all the time. There are a few questions that I ask a lot of people that people find entertaining. (laughs) Do you ask them, would you marry your spouse again? (laughs) Well, but I mean. She's putting them under. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because they're really telling the truth then, (laughs) right? right? Exactly. (laughs) But I, I would marry Pierce all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pierce is a great guy. Yeah. I might wait a 
few more years. I was really young, and he was very young. But I'd marry him again. I'd find him every. I don't care where he was hiding. every single time well you know you will never marry anybody that would out talk pierce i promise you no one yes and there's no one that pierce wouldn't talk to that's true and and to be perfectly honest He's the one who should run for office. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Kimberly, if he had the desire, yes. If he had that desire, which Mm -hmm. he doesn't, but if he did, he would be a great politician. Kimberly has begged him, Mm -hmm. and Kimberly has told him she would be his legislative assistant. She would run his campaign. Mm -hmm. But you know, one thing that Pierce has that all politicians who really go to the top have a head full of hair. Oh. Pay attention. Huh. Have we ever think of a bald president past Eisenhower? Hmm. God, you know, I've never thought of that. I've never. Have you ever thought of it? No, I haven't. Huh. Pierce is a chia pet. Man huh. gets his haircut uh-huh. every two weeks. Huh. He got a bad haircut when we were in Minnesota for Danielle's surgery, and he walked in, and I go, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> And I started laughing, and I said, well, honey, the one thing is you're a Chia Pet, and in two weeks, it'll It'll grow back out. Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of the way mine is. I'll I'll never be bald. I might be gray, but I'll never be bald. Yeah. Well, and he's not gray. No, no. Oh, Pierce is ageless. Yes, exactly. That's right. You know, his mom lives with us now, and she's button up against 90 mm-hmm. and she come out the other day and she goes i have gray hair i said helen don't we think our expectations are <laughs> <laughs> my dad died still thinking pierce used grecian formula on his hair pierce wow. has never put anything on his hair wow. i don't doubt that for wow. a minute just as black as it can be wow mm-hmm. amazing huh. all right interesting so let's get back to the year of the woman and we're going to see if you are woman enough for this conversation jeremy <laughs> you know there's a part of me that just hopes i'm not <laughs> just so you know there's there's several parts of me that hopes I'm not. <laughs> well let's start off talking about the supreme court because we have had lots of conversations april has taught us Oh, gosh, just so much about the judiciary that I don't mean to speak for you, Kimberly, but I don't think we really had a good grasp of the judiciary till we started hanging out with uh, April. So, you know, we are taping this on October the 19th, and they're in the middle of the confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Barrett. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I find her incredible. <clears throat> She's brilliant. She's smart. She's cool under pressure. She looks great. Yes. <laughs> Be a mother of how many children? Seven. Well, she's five and then two adopted, right? right. Adopted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is she Catholic? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did I know that? I don't know. It must have been the children thing. Well... That might be it, too. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it, it is interesting. I mean, she seems to be such a phenomenal person and smart person, but... There's a lot of contention around this pick mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons, I think. Elections have consequences. Who That's said that? Did right? Obama say that? I mean, hey, yeah. no. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, really, they, they do. do. Yeah. I don't agree with her a bit. I think she's brilliant. Absolutely think she's brilliant. Well qualified. 
even the people who don't agree with her or what they believe her philosophical views are still think she's incredibly brilliant and be a great jurist. And part of that is she also hasn't staked herself out on any position. She took Ruth Bader Ginsburg's position of that, you know, no one should know what your position on anything is going to be. If you're a Supreme Court jurist, you're supposed to be fair and impartial at all times. And she has demonstrated that she believes that in these hearings. I mean, she's been phenomenal no matter how many times they've really pressed her to give an answer she has stood her ground and she's been grace under fire no you notes oh i heard about that i didn't see no that no yep Nothing when, in front i heard of her. she yeah. pulled up the pad, the pad. they oh. asked her they wanted to see what she had on yeah, the notepad so she held it up and there was nothing on it it was great. you know she's brilliant uh, well and i'm assuming she's going to get confirmed i mean that seems pretty seems, self-evident yeah. Maybe she can talk to Kavanaugh <laughs> whenever she gets there because he was just absolutely, totally opposite. Yeah. And, you know, it makes you wonder if that's a gender thing or mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't ever watched any of that. We do have more of that other. tea in us. Well, you know, you, because and if you watched his that's confirmation true. hearing, you saw him get red faced and upset right. and. You know, it just seemed like he kind of wore his heart on his sleeve a lot there. They and I know they, 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 they no, wait, I know they family. put him through a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. But April, as a judge, a judge. True. tell me about attorneys that wear their hearts on their sleeve when yes. they come into your courtroom. Yeah. I mean, is they that a bad well. thing? It's yeah. definitely a bad thing. So that was that was the thing that kind of stuck out to me with him was that he did get extremely upset. And I understand that. But I would think you would need to control that to a certain extent. I don't know. Just me. Well, we tell lawyers all the time, it's not personal. You're representing your client, and it's their case to win or lose. Right. And it's not personal. But in those confirmation hearings, they got they pretty got really personal. personal. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was ugly. That was an ugly scenario. Well, I mean, we've got something going on with a senatorial race here in North Carolina right now. <laughs> what is that, Sharon? Well, you know, I'm talking about things that are, are personal. Yes. And yeah. You know, I often ask myself the question. But I often ask myself the question, does their personal life have something to do with how they govern? Of course it does. Absolutely. Yes. Mm, I don't mm, that's interesting that you wouldn't think that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I would think that if someone is a liar, that you would think they lie to everybody. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, wait a minute, that. wait a minute. We are talking about politics, and uh, I mean, that just kind of goes along with it, doesn't it? Well, uh, no. I think so, too. I do. Now, wait a minute, that. April. Maybe oh, not. Wait, maybe now, not Kimberly, on that your sounds level, very Republican. But. That everybody lies? Republicans don't have a corner on that. Are you saying Republicans don't lie or they do lie? I'm not sure here. Maybe I misunderstood her. And and, you know, maybe that's a misconception. I don't know. I mean, I just know what we see. Well, politicians tell everyone what they want to hear. That is a real politician. That's true. If you want someone who's honest. You don't want someone who qualifies himself as a politician who's going to tell someone what they want to hear because the next person that comes along, they're going to tell them something different because that's what they want to hear. I always want to hear what the truth is. Then you're not 
hearing it from most people. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I am a judge, so you know I, I am mean, a truth finder. I think that Kimberly has something to say about this because I just read her mind, and she was going a thousand miles a minute here. Okay, so go, Kimberly. You're on. Well, no, I think they do all lie. I mean, we were just talking about this the other day in the OR. Of course, I live in North Carolina, so we were talking about... You don't talk the, like you live in North Carolina. I know, I don't know. Just so you know. <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> in the house. But we were talking about the gubernatorial race, Dan Forrest, Roy Cooper, and about the increase in coronavirus cases, that reopening of the economy, and how Roy Cooper continues to open the economy now, and that is purely a political move. He's doing that because he wants to win re-election. Yeah. And because he's being pressured on the other side, on the Republican side, open the economy, open the schools, blah, blah, blah. So he's doing that. And is that turning out to be a good decision? I guess we'll see in two weeks. But right now, it don't look like a very good decision. But that is, it's a lie. I mean, he knows he shouldn't be reopening. Mandy Cohen knows he shouldn't be reopening. We're moving in the wrong direction. All of the numbers show that. And yet we're still reopening because we're in the middle of an election. Well, he wants people to go to the polls. In a month from now. Two weeks. Well, but no, 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 I'm saying in a month from now, what will we be doing? Well, well you know, by the time this airs, we'll know the answers mm-hmm. to this. Yeah. But what's interesting is Linda Williams, my mentor, who was AANA president <laughs> in, what, 97, 98, somewhere along in there. Her grandfather died in the 1918 pandemic. And, mm-hmm. you know, she oh, wow. is a certified genealogist and does all of these studies looking at everything and the peak after 1918 pandemic was october it was three months no it started earlier it was the same as covid and then they had their second wave and the second wave the worst month was october which is exactly what's happening right now you know i think it's interesting with covid i, I mean covid isn't going away i mean we have this yeah idea well the pandemic did, i away. mean the flu did you know i mean do you do you really think that there's not going to be covid 2 years from now cuz i believe there is and i also believe that you know this is going to be with us for a while and we're not going to find whether we have some sort of drug concoction that limits the effects of COVID. I just don't believe they're going to have something that cures COVID. I don't believe that. Mm, so God, this is something that we're going to live with. And, I, and, you know, I think I think as this thing kind of works through that there's going to be a lot of people that get this still. Mm-hmm. The majority of them going to be fine. People that have underlying health conditions and so forth, they're going to have issues with it. And so I just don't think that it's going to go away like people think it's going to go away. And I think we're just going to be dealing with this. You know, economically, we're going to be dealing with it. From a health perspective, we're going to be dealing with it. You know, again, I I don't claim to know all the details on COVID. But, you know, I do read about it and I do see. And, you know, once the cat's out of the box, it's hard to get it back in. I think it's out of the bag. But that No, my cat stays in the box. (laughs) 
cats love boxes. <laughs> they do. Well, they love you have boxes. one named Sally Gordon. <laughs> Sally Gordon <laughs> loves April. <laughs> she does love me. If you put a cat in a bag, he's going to be really unhappy with you. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> hey, I always like to look for the silver lining and everything. Yeah. And so the one thing about COVID we can say is people are finally learning to listen to their mothers. They are washing their hands like they're supposed to do. They're not picking their nose. Yes. And they are not in people's personal space in their personal bubbles. That is so very true. That is one, you know, silver yeah. lining. I think there's a lot. You know, we were having another podcast earlier, and there, there's a lot of silver linings. I mean, we've all true. learned as well through this that how do you cope with this massive amount of change in this small amount of time? Right. And how do you still live your life? Right. That's an interesting point of view because you think about when we, in the medical field, nursing field, we think about all of the changes that have come about because of wars, ventilation, Mm -hmm. ICUs, all of Mm -hmm. that. And we've seen a ridiculous amount of disruption and innovation in this short nine-month time period because of COVID. Yeah. You know, we did a podcast with Aaron Martin, who is the director of the anesthesia program, nurse anesthesia program at Mayo. And she said that she thinks that the students that are coming out of anesthesia programs today will be very resilient, much more adaptable to change because they had to adapt so quickly. And, you know, CRNAs do not like change. No. CPC? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we say that, but we deal with it all the time. I mean, think about in the past 10 years, the changes in anesthesia. True. True. So we say that we don't like change, but we're incredibly adaptable to change. Lawyers say the same thing, which is amazing, because the laws change all the time. time. Right. And they're like, we don't like change, but... I mean, you live in a world where your life changes constantly. Absolutely. Who moved my cheese? Yeah. Well, we've got plenty of cheese here. Well, back. <laughs> no, Sharon, back. that's a book. It's yeah, called yeah, Who Moved I My know. Okay, I read right. it. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's get back to the Supreme Court. This is what is interesting. Back to the year of the woman. RBG said, I love this quote. When asked, when will there be enough women on Supreme Court? I say when there are nine, and people are shocked, but there's been nine men, and nobody ever raised a question about that. Mm. Wow. All right, Jeremy, the only man in this room right now. What do you think about that? How would you feel about having nine women on the Supreme Court? It wouldn't bother me one bit. I know, but... I mean, it really would. You're a good girlfriend. It really would not... It wouldn't bother me. You know, I just think that's just the way it has been. And we know the world is changing, and it has been. I mean, think about, I think about your dad. Oh, you know, my God. And yeah. the way he grew up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way my grandparents grew up. And it was the woman stayed home. And we're not that far removed from Listen, that, folks. that very term is why I ran for office. Yeah, but, but think about it. I, wait, that was your dad. That was the way no, he No, 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 no. It wasn't him. It was one of my opponents whenever he came up to me and said, I hear you're going to run against me. And I said, well, I might. And he goes, you need to stay at home. <laughs> and yeah. that just sent me into the strategy. That is not gone from this world. Oh, well, it's not gone in Davidson County. No, it's not. And, and it's as not much gone as, in North Carolina. As yeah, much as we that. think it has changed in a lot of places, it's still here. And I don't think it's as prevalent as it was one generation ago or two generations ago, but it's still here. So, you know, I, 
to me, it wouldn't bother me at all. I mean, do I you think, think it'll ever happen? Nope, I don't either. I really, don't you don't think ever, ever, no. Kimberly? Mm-mm. Really, I don't. What about I- I'm you? up for a nomination. <laughs> <laughs> Judge April, you're working there, April. Um, so, what do you think? You think that'll ever happen? You're the youngest one in the room. If it's going to happen in anybody's lifetime, it's yours. Yeah. I think that we'll be waiting a long time. For yeah. That okay. I don't think it'll happen in our lifetime. No. You know, but, no. It, but I think eventually it would happen. Because even though women have made great strides in the medical field and in the legal field. Every field, yeah. And in every field, we still are significantly outnumbered by our male counterparts. I mean, and in the legal field, it's still in a lot of areas a male-dominated profession. Sure. Well, healthcare and I'm, yeah. legal. Same way in my profession. It's really not in yours anymore. I mean, no. it's kind of 50-50. Yeah. And in medical school for yeah. the first right. time last year. <clears throat> Yeah. More women than men. And they actually say, I read a study that said female physician providers provide better care than males. There's a shocker. <laughs> they have better bedsides. <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, now, it would, I, I think it would be weird for me to go see a female doctor. Isn't that Why? interesting? That yes. I see male doctor. Why would I know, it be but weird? It's just, I don't know. I just think it's a little odd I, for me. I don't know. I'm being honest, you know. You guys uh, want me to be honest. Uh, I mean, we you want know. you to be honest. You know, Isn't I mean, my whole life I've seen a male doctor. And, you know. You for them. everything, like everything. I'm not sure where we're going with <laughs> this. You but. need to step into this century. We'll get you set up with a female doctor. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's just all I've ever done. You know, it's all I've ever known. That sounds so. a little strange. No, yeah. I'm teasing you, of course, but in... And it's not that I've picked them. It's just that that's who I've seen, you know. You I mean, picked them. No, I mean, you just, when I was you growing just, up, my, you, you my parents picked my doctor. You just put a darn pen down and go, I think I'm going to go right here. My my parents picked my doctor growing up. And who and picks then, your doctor now? Your wife? You know, actually, who picked my doctor now? Who? I sit on the plan giving advisory council over at the hospital, and they they told me about a certain doctor, and it happened to be a male. Oh, okay. that's you know, and I said it was very good, and I was asking who I should go see, and that's who they referred me to. So, all right. we'll so yeah, just yeah. All right. Well, next subject that we have talked about a lot is should. The Supreme Court be a lifetime appointment. I mean, think about Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, she is in her 40s, right? Yeah, there should be an age limit. I do, too. I mean, physicians can't operate past a certain age. You can't, what, at Baptist, uh, Wake Forest, you can't be a chairman past 70? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, well, in uh, North unless Car- they've changed it. In North Carolina, for judges, we have mandatory retirement at 72. I don't know who picked the arbitrary number, but they did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I see people who are incredibly intelligent and still have their minds and their skill and their wit and just really know what they're doing when they're in their 90s. And I see people in their 40s who are totally incompetent. I mean, so I don't, I mean, age can be arbitrary. So how would you... How would you evaluate that then? Would you give them a cognitive evaluation at some point? They don't evaluate them, do they? I mean, we're not evaluating presidential candidates. That's for sure. (laughs) We all know that. (laughs) There's a process for it. It's just not generally used. Because you can impeach any sitting elected official for certain... Supreme Court? But the Supreme Mm -hmm. Court isn't elected. You can impeach any official 
under certain circumstances. Has it happened? In a lot of situations, they have to be in, in the position where they cannot perform their functions anymore. Hmm. Either a mental deficit, such as, you know, I don't know. Who decides that? Got dementia. <laughs> There's a process for it. So we have multidisciplinary evaluations Hmm. that can be performed. Somebody has to make a complaint, though, in order to get the ball rolling. I'm sure somebody would complain, April. I mean, you know, this is the society (laughs) we live in. What is your opinion on that? I mean, do you think there should be some sort of limit? I think age is arbitrary, though. I mean, you know, my great-grandmother lived to be 100, and she was incredibly brilliant up until she's about 99. (laughs) And so, you know, I mean, she had her mind fully. And then there are some people, I don't know, you can just look at them on the national news, and they're in their 70s, and you think they got dementia. So I think age is arbitrary. Yeah. So what do you think about judges, though? That is an interesting point, because I do, it really upsets me that we elect our state judges like voting really bothers me that we elect our judges but on the other hand i think that might not be a bad idea when you're talking about a lifetime you know versus four years two years versus, versus an appointment an is elect- what you're saying yeah, yeah. Versus a lifetime appointment. right of course if you win your seat this is an eight-year seat that's for right. the court yeah. of appeals it is yeah eight years seems about right to me okay what do you think? <laughs> I mean, She'd like not to have to run an election, but every eight years. That's and, and exactly that's right. the other thing. I'm not sure how I feel about judges, judges doing elections. elections. Yeah. Well, you know, every state is different. There are 50 states, and a great majority of their states do not elect their judges. They are appointed. But, oh, okay. I mean, it, realistically, unless you have a truly nonpartisan board mm-hmm. looking at the candidates, is either backdoor politics mm-hmm. <laughs> or in-your-face politics. And right. North mm-hmm. Carolina is in-your-face politics because judges are on the ballot up for a popular election. But at the end of the day, we've got some wonderful judges that are brilliant, that are older, that are retired, mandatory retirement, but they are recalled emergency judges because they fit the criteria to be able to do that. And they're still incredibly brilliant. And we've got some city judges now in their 40s and 50s are right right right. exactly (laughs) i don't want to be in front of them i mean so age is arbitrary in my opinion there has to be some sort of criteria but but you've got to have a line somewhere i mean just like medicare I mean, what are we going to say? Just because you're in great shape and you took care of your body, you didn't smoke, you didn't drink, God help them. You know, you're a very healthy. I put I put to sleep a guy today. He was like, he was 60 something and he was a class one. We call them unicorns. There's mm-hmm. uh, they're mythical people mm-hmm. that we never see healthy. He said his dad's 92 still splits wood. Wow. So wow. should he not get Medicare at 65 just because he's in great shape and participated in his health? Oh, we, we branched off to another topic. Yeah, I was gonna say, you're talking about the regular general population. I thought yeah. we were talking about yeah, judges. But I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I'm going to the point of being an arbitrary number you've got to pick a number you've well, just my, got my to only pick. issue I'd with it is 35 at, at 87 are you really in touch with what's going on i mean uh, with the 25 i mean maybe old. rbg you know i mean maybe she was an anomaly and was in touch and so forth i mean we'll give it i mean how old was she when she passed away it was 87 yes I think 87 so. and i mean she was a tough cookie. I mean, you know, whatever side of the aisle you're on, she was a tough yes, cookie. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of women relate to her, get behind her because you know what she accomplished and so forth. But 
you know, your average person in their 80s is not... In tune with a 25-year-old's life. Oh, but come on. Your Supreme Court nominee is not your average person. There are nine of them. That is true. And they There's shouldn't be point. your average That's person. That's a good point. They're supposed to be the cream of the crop. You know, they're supposed to be the top half percent. <laughs> yeah. No, I see that. But, I mean, they're going to age as well and cognitively and i mean all right my mom's in her 70s and you know i mean she's got a you know a cell phone and you know i have to tell her how to do things on it i have to walk her through that you know i mean technology and life and you know my 19 year old does things and i go what the hell is she talking about you know i mean and i'm i'm not that old you know i mean <laughs> you know <laughs> you know uh, uh, i mean can i can I go figure back, it out wait, but. can i go back and ask 18 year old jeremy <laughs> how old you are right now? you know you'd think that was old when you were 18 yeah possibly um mm-hmm. but anyway i mean that's you know so do you think there should be lifetime appointments, April? Well, I think that the reason for lifetime appointments is to take politics out of mm-hmm. it entirely. Mm-hmm. And so when someone is nominated for the Supreme Court, it's not it's without bounds. And it's because they're supposed to be fair and impartial and not supposed to be swayed by any outside forces or considerations. How's that different than the district court? Good question. Like I said, I don't know who picked 72 as an arbitrary number. I plan to still be, you know, like climbing mountains when I'm 72. Yeah, but I mean, why not just rest on your laurels by then, I guess, and make way for the new the new people. I mean, we hear that even within the CRNA community because you'll have the same people in certain positions at our anesthesia programs, whatever, and they're not moving on so that other people can come up. Actually, I was did the virtual California anesthesia conference yes Sunday, yes, yesterday, and somebody asked the question of me, would I ever consider running for AANA president again? And can, I, you know, thought, can you? You can. Actually, oh, okay. Dick and Peggy McFadden are the only two people that have ever served as AANA president twice. And, you know, I understand that was a, a different time. But my answer was no, because we have so many bright people in our organization right now and why limit it to the same person over and over i just i just don't think it's a good thing i just don't think it's a good thing you're just like i'm not doing that crap again that's exactly what it is (laughs) (laughs) i mean you would you would think Uh, that might be so but have you ever heard a past president that we've interviewed in the courage to lead series to say anything bad about it i mean it's a fabulous opportunity i'm so glad that i had the opportunity but i think other people need to have that same opportunity going how many children did you have what how many children did you have three my you had one right and then you had more after that right that's right so you forgot the first part of the oh. pregnancy and you got over that and had more is what you're telling well, me so. that that part is true but <laughs> that part is true but uh, i loved being president yeah. 
I really did. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. No. But I'll get back to April's point. I mean, you're an anomaly. Excuse me. You are an anomaly <laughs> in the way you approach things and the way you just kind of bust through things and the way you maneuver to make things work. And you do. That's you, Sharon. You know, you're a, and you're a difference maker. And that's not everybody. So, I say that, you know, even to April's point earlier, you know, yes, you got the cream of the crop on the Supreme Court, right? That's right. So kind of the same thing that you're talking about. I mean, in the CRNA industry, Sharon, you would be considered cream of the crop. Well, all right. Let's write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I did preface in the CRNA industry, okay? There's only 58,000. I mean, you know, come on. Oh, God. I couldn't be that special. <laughs> Out of 300 and some million people, there's 58,000, all right? What a, yeah. You were doing very well, and then you screwed up. I wonder how much you paid, Jeremy. Not enough, April. Hey, listen, don't let her fool you. She loves me more than you do. I'm sure, yeah. All right, so I guess there's not a great answer to that but you know again back to the lifetime appointment we live so much longer mm-hmm. we do i mean yep. it's just like whenever till death do us part happened life expectancy was 38 <laughs> you know i've been married 37 years <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to tell us <laughs> you got one more year is that <laughs> <got married> <laughs> five. that's what it is <clears throat> so anyway there's another topic that i think we ought to talk about that we've bantered about before in our sessions together era you know the era has never passed i did a little bit of research on this do you know that the first era the first amendment was drafted in 1923 and that it has been introduced in congress every year since 1923 now has it passed wow nope has it passed well we need a little background yeah because equal rights amendment requires how many states to ratify because we're talking about amending amending the the constitution Constitution. right yeah okay right 38 38 states Mm -hmm. and they first started in 1972 you know h That's before I was born. Oh, Oh, shut up. (laughs) What did you say, 1932? (laughs) Hey, now. (laughs) What was that? There was a Miss America, that show that was on HBO. Actually, it's a Republican woman that led the crusade against the ERA. You need to watch it. Oh, my God. Shafla was her name. I think that's how you said it. It's a little bit upsetting. (laughs) Her husband was a lawyer, and she went back to law school, but you need to watch it. But they started in 1972, and within a year, over 30 states had ratified it. By 1977, 35 states had ratified, and then five states voted to rescind it. 1982, Congress extended the deadline. 1982, I was out of high school, and they voted to extend the deadline. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But this is something else that I've, I've read. 
In the five decades from 1922 to 1970, all right, the women's suffrage mu- movement, mm-hmm. we, what, we got to write the vote, 21, 22? A hundred years ago. This okay. is our centennial. Okay. Mm-hmm. Only 10 women had served in the Senate, in Congress, and never more than two at a time. That's amazing. 1970. From 1922 to 70, only 10 women had served in the Senate. Well, you know, I go back to what I said earlier there. We are not that far removed from that generation that believed a woman's place is in the home raising their children. We're not that. As far as we've come, the beliefs that we have now we are literally one, one and a half, maybe two generations away from an overwhelming majority of women and men who believe that. That's a 1950s construct. You're oh, right. absolutely. Yes. Leave yeah. it to Bieber. Yeah. We are literally, we are not that. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, I raise my children or rear my children, I should say, every single day. But I'm also a working woman. And, right. You know, I had a very good, successful law practice before I became a judge but I was able to do both my children didn't suffer in any way shape or form but had it been how old are your kids so 20 18 and 14 okay hadn't shown up yet anyway hey Um, now I'm kidding April That was a joke. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, my whole point was 30 years ago, that yeah. would have been taboo. Yeah, right? Absolutely. They would have been like, oh, yeah. my goodness, right. you need to be at home with your kids. Did yeah. your mom work? Did your mom work? After I hit kindergarten, but not not before then. No, she was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. What did she do, if you don't mind me asking? So when we were in Okinawa, she taught kindergarten <laughs> first grade oh, okay. she was wonderful Is your and dad military yes okay he's a retired marine okay so she's had a bunch of different careers but her most effective ones and the ones she liked the most were when she was a school teacher and then she was a teacher's aide when she came back to north carolina and amazingly way back when when she was in high school you only had to be 16 to drive a school bus so she actually oh, had yeah. her bus license yeah since she was 16 <laughs> She yeah. drove a school bus at 16, yeah. and she still has her license because she wanted to be able to drive the grandchildren <clears throat> to all of their field trips and stuff. So she kept her school bus license, yeah, and I, she's had it since she was 16. Awesome. Isn't that amazing? But can you imagine? I can't imagine allowing my 16-year-old to drive a school bus in this day and age. Oh, my goodness. That's oh, just gosh. Scary. I remember that because I had a 16-year-old school bus driver, and I was in middle school so i was in the seventh or eighth grade and we rode the school bus with high school students and our bus driver was 16 years old he was one of the students at Mm -hmm. the high school and on the bus one day jeremy mouthy me (laughs) said that the football team sucked at Uh, the high school he was on the football team wasn't he he was on the football team and there were two other guys on the bus on the football team who decided that they needed to whoop up on this seventh or eighth grader. And so I got in a fight on the school bus, busted out the back glass window of the school bus, wow. got pretty beat up, but I held my own for a seventh or eighth grader. Oh my God. Oh yeah. The bus and the bus driver the bus. didn't stop it. Just let it go. No. Oh Yeah. 
And that's how I know about the 16-year-old bus drivers. Yeah. They did a great job. Oh, my God. I could see you being a little mouthy there. I was a little mouthy. Yeah, just a little. So, Kimberly, I know that you lost your mother whenever you were very young, but I can't remember. Was she a stay-at-home mom? Mm-mm. Or what did your mom do? No, she was a real estate agent. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She was- my mom was stay-at-home. Was she? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that that's really, that's why I say that is not that surprising. Now, I would be interested if we fast forward 50 years from today. Sharon might not be with us, but the rest of us will be here. And <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Sharon. <laughs> Actually, he's right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, this conversation 50 years from now would be very That'll interesting, be interesting. Mm-hmm. to have. Well, this podcast will still be out It'll there still be out floating there. in the internet mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. But, I mean, women are going to be living longer. You're already the number one consumer in our economy. Um, you're gaining strides on earning capabilities every year. And, but you know, we still earn 76 cents to the dollar. I know that. But that's, Sharon, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we're one to one and a half generations away from you earning 10 cents on the dollar. Do you think we are? I mean, do you think that in 50 years from now we'll be equal? equal? I, I truthfully, do you think it will take I that long? You, I, I don't know if it'll take that long, but I think oh, I think you will be running things in our lifetime. Oh, we're already running belief. things. Men just don't know it. Well, I, I mean, yeah, but I mean, we need to have the title. The I mean, aren't we the only developed country that's never had a female leader? Mm. I think that's coming. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be in the next twenty years. I believe. I really do. That's a generation. That April we'll Wood have, for president. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> And why not? I mean, Cheer you know, Pierce for vice president. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and I have, you know, again. I'll be 77. <laughs> I'll have my secretary of state be Kimberly. That's perfect. April, I want a position too. Okay. All right. We can give you a department I can of argue very well, so just okay. put me somewhere. Since you could hold your own department of defense. Treasury. <laughs> Treasury. Ooh, oh, Treasury. Treasury. There we That's go. Perfect. Yes. That's perfect yeah. for you. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really believe in really, I mean, I, I think in the next 20 years that we will see a female president. I think in the next 50 years, in my mind, women will be the majority in running things that go on in this country. Well, I really what is the that. one thing that all third world nations have in common? Females are oppressed. Mm, yeah, that's true. And think about it. You put a cover them up <laughs> and they're they're oppressed but you know i mean it, you think of that too i'm just kind of thinking out loud here but you know the developed world looks down upon that so those countries are shunned as well in yeah. the global sure. economy and the global economic society i mean it's they're not seen in a good light either so that's part of that i believe and I think as we move forward, in order to have global competitiveness, I think you're going to have to have women step up and come to the forefront there. I really believe that. Well, women want to step up. Yeah. Some women do. Sharon, there is a lot of women in this country. And I, and I hope I don't get a lot of backlash about this. But I think there's a lot of women in this country who don't believe that. Well, they want to raise their family. Right. For and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Nothing at all. 
well, that's what they want. And I do hear what you're saying, and those are probably not people that I am with because I collect strong women because I every All right, friend Sharon, hang of on. mine. We're gonna get hate mail. No. Just because you raise your family doesn't mean you're not a strong woman. No, that is no. true. My mama is the strongest That's woman right. that I oh know. My God. Yeah. Her you know my mother. Something. But I would also <laughs> say that those women aren't against women running things. No, I think no. they, I agree with you. they Very have good the point. ability to make that. They just want to to raise their yeah, family yeah, to have first. the choices. Yeah. Right. To have the choices have where the, there used to not be, be a, a choice. choice. They might want to get done raising their family and then move into something in politics or be a well, leader somewhere. You know, you know it's I mean. kind of a cruel trick that gets played on men and women in a certain regard because my daughter and I were talking about this just recently because a friend of mine got divorced after 25 years and she said well that's just so odd i said well actually that's really not because women whenever they're first married they're interested in relationships they're interested in raising their family the husband is interested in furthering his career and then you go along the kids are out of the house now all of a sudden the woman wants to do something she wants yeah exactly the man now has established his career he wants relationships and the woman's like uh nope not interested and it's like we just kind of cross zigzag and it's kind of sad how those things happen well and it does because as a district court judge you know you see it all the time you but i can divorce you and uh so i I mean 25 you can't can't marry i thought judges could marry Mm -mm, magistrates can well i know that judges can marry because they've ordained a special bills through the yeah you have to have a special bill yeah yeah which you know i i just strongly discouraged because i have a lot to do already with you don't need to be having to perform marriages yeah, yeah. Mm. but you know i see people all the time who are in you know 25 30 35 40 years who are getting divorced which is crazy but i had a woman who was like 89 years old trying to divorce her husband and i said <laughs> i was like oh my goodness i mean that's just kind of crazy when you've been with this man that long i mean why would in the world would you want to get a divorce now and she said because i'm not going to die being married to that sob <laughs> okay well you know i mean that i bring, mean that's, that's just crazy view. though but then this day and age i mean seriously you're right people live a lot longer and their interests change are but you seeing of- a lot of young people get divorced yeah we have a lot of people who are mm. like mm, i really shouldn't have done that a year two years later they're thinking yeah. okay this was a bad decision and so yeah we have a lot of young people and those don't surprise me mm-hmm. at all the ones that surprise me are the long-term marriages the 30 40 year marriages that are breaking up those ones are the ones that are particularly surprising and disturbing but you know i go back to again i mean if they've been married that long there was a stigma, a taboo mm-hmm. attached right. oh, around yeah. women leaving mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm. even if they were SOBs and they treated them bad and they ran around on them and yeah. you still stayed with your man. You didn't leave your man back then, right? That's true. And there's still some of Tampa that Minot, stigma, so, so. you know? Yeah. And so did Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> did I miss something here? <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, I mean, that that's... That doesn't surprise me because now at this point in time, you know, they finally found the gumption to say it's okay. 
you know. True. It's okay for me to now leave this person, whereas 20 years ago it would have been seen very taboo. I don't know. That might be part of it. Hmm. On the flip side of that, we have, you know, the jilted spouse who is going through depression and suicidal, whose eyelashes are falling out. Because, what? This sounds Ooh. like Because they're severely depressed, you know, I mean, I yeah. mean, because no one expects that 40 years later, your spouse is all of a sudden going to say, yeah. oh, I didn't really mean till death to his part. Yeah. Well, you know, there's some things that say that we're really suited for serial monogamy, you know, till death mm-hmm. do us part, like I said earlier, was when the average lifespan was 38. <laughs> right. I don't know. But it, in some of these things we're seeing, we're seeing divorces because the women have developed careers. Yes. And so, yeah, you know, they have decided that they want more in life than just being a stay-at-home mom and so they've you know they've branched out and it hasn't fared well (laughs) you know their marriages haven't fared well because of that and so we've seen a lot of that too which i think is just crazy and surprising in this day and age that we live in but we're we we've still got some antiquated laws in north carolina alienation of affection and criminal conversation exactly so you know i've read some things that suggest that because women are in the workforce what the infidelity rates are getting closer now for women and men it's kind of there's parity now and women just want someone who's going to listen to them is that all they want yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> oh god that's a whole podcast because i'm trying to won't. figure it out you know i mean i'm a great listener guys i really am <laughs> actually i can vouch for jeremy he is because you know think about somebody who is doing a podcast with a profession that's not his own and to be able to assimilate the information and I mean, you really are, Jeremy. Well, thank uh, you. Sir. I, I mean, I really I worried about that in the beginning a lot because God, you're awesome, though. I, you really I do a great that job. It would be really technical and that I wouldn't be able to add value. And I doubted myself, which I don't do a lot, but I did. But I've kind of figured out that, you know, I can add value to that and oh, work no, through you, it. It's, and it's yeah. great. Now. On the flip side, whenever we're talking about money, I don't add a whole lot. <laughs> I like to spend uh, you it. You do great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I'm very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very good at that. But let's get back to ERA for just So, Sharon, because you brought it up. I mean, why do you think? Because you have an opinion here. No. Why do not you me. think? Why do you think it's never passed? Well, there's a lot of intersecting pieces to this, I think. I I think we've already talked about the social piece of it, and I get that. There's a physician that I work with that claims the reason why I'm a Republican is because I come from a domineering father figure within the household. And I don't know whether that's true or not. The day that we were talking about it, it sounded kind of reasonable what he was saying because no. that you tend to go with traditional values i don't know and i'm open to, <laughs> to have this discussion so tell me what you think april well my children are republicans and i don't know if you've noticed or not my husband is awesome and amazing but he's not the domineering one in the family <laughs> <laughs> uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't still be alive <laughs> i 
wonder if this generation feels they need that ERA. Ooh, Ooh that could very well be See, because they you know don't I love really. Her brain. Uh, they don't really understand the disparity because mm-hmm. as no. far as they know, everyone's worked really hard for equality in the workplace mm-hmm. and, you know, in, in every field. All right. You're well, right. let's let's look at this from a, a law perspective. We need to invite Alexis next week. Oh, yes. Oh, my daughter. She's amazing. Oh, yes, she okay. She's yes. a senior at Chapel Hill. Oh. She is amazing. Yes, she's incredibly intelligent, beautiful. But I would love her point of view on That's this because it. I suspect she doesn't feel that the ERA is necessary anymore. I suspect anymore. you're right. Absolutely. That because is in interesting. Her mind, we have these discussions She's with Alexis. never seen, mm-hmm. in her mind, everything is equal. Because, and think about the household she grew up in. Right. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. got a I mean, successful mom, a successful one. dad. Yeah, she, yeah. She's like, well, let me go downstairs and unchain my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you joke, but even my mother, when she babysat the kids, was like, just wait till your mother gets home. <laughs> my husband did it, too. Well, For whatever reason, I was always the mean one. It, it's the same in my Whatever household. reason that is. Oh. I don't know why that is. I'm loving and caring. <laughs> but back to the original question i guess let's say i find out that i make less money than my male counterpart which even in the anesthesia community you do there's a hint yes i do (laughs) i'm sure but even in the anesthesia community they have in crna community a female makes about eighteen thousand dollars a year less than their male counterparts really yes you've seen those numbers so same work should get the same pay. But what I'm saying that is if ERA is in statute, would I have a better foundation or no? Or is it meaningless like Kimberly said? Well, I mean, at that point, well, it gives you I the mean, opportunity you to sue. sue yeah. But who wants to sue? I mean, we already, I mean, we've then you're going to lose your job anyway. Right. I mean, I mean, we've got the Americans with Disability and right. a whole bunch of different acts. But sometimes people oh, protect have to everybody but women. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Absolutely. But we have to sue in order to enforce those acts. You have to be able to prove it. That's right. You do. Hmm. Actually, a very good friend of mine worked at a hospital system. She wasn't a nurse or anything. And she caught an email mm-hmm. and found out that a man made more money than her. Doing the same thing. You think that's a rarity? No, I know it's not. You know, I, I just wonder if most men think that's okay. Uh, oh, do you think gra- that's yes. okay? Come on, Jeremy, tell no, us. No, I don't think it's okay. I think if you're going to do what I do, April, let's do it. Hey, we'll make the same thing. Do you think most men feel <clears throat> that way? Let me. Hmm. I think probably most men that are my age and below. Again, I go back to, I think, maybe men who are older than me. I'm in my 40s. So men that are 50s, 60s, who grew up in that era where women's well, place is in the home and... Pierce, we can't talk. Not to sure you, what's man. going on over there. <laughs> he's the best in the world. Best Did you in the world. That? I like that. <laughs> Boy, that was perfect That's timing, Pierce. Pierce. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that if a woman does the same job and they're doing the same, absolutely, they should get uh-huh. paid the same. Absolutely. But there are a and lot of men that don't feel that way. No. Do you really think that? Absolutely. Do you think yeah, that yeah. men, yes. yes, my age, feel that way? I I remember being told as I was an accountant before I was a nurse, and I remember being sitting in class being told 
that women should not expect the same treatment as what? accounting partners. Mm-hmm. I got told that. Because you were going to get on the mommy track. You were going to take time yes. off, have children. Yes. And you would not be worth as much as a man would coming out of college I had, into an accounting firm. Yeah. I had an attorney who is... Uh, 1993. Father of oh one God. of our local wow. <clears throat> statewide politicians, any event, who practices in Lexington, North Carolina, who patted me on the head when I became a lawyer and said, hey, kid, it'll be okay. Welcome to the man's world. I could see that in Lexington. Yeah, yeah. However, you know? he had no respect for me until, you know, as he says, I waxed his tail in a particularly contested case, his very first case, where he thought he was just going to clean house with me because I was a female and didn't know what I was doing. But I took him to task in front of a male judge and won. But it That's literally awesome. took that. Did you use that as motivation? Oh, you know I did. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because that's be what I would do. But Pat literally <clears throat> actually patted me on the head. I mean, like his hand hit my head and, well, pat- you are only and thought it was okay. But nine with oh, your shut head. Up. <laughs> Dear Lord, I am not. I'm five two. <laughs> oh my God. I only missed it by a few inches. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, but Kimberly, she I find that interesting in 1990. Where'd, where'd you go to college? John Carroll University. I don't know. I find it interesting. But, but I really believe that now you would be hard. And maybe they think it and don't say it, but <laughs> you'd be hard to find a male who is in their 40s or below that would say that. I believe that. Well, you know, I think the reason why the justification that has been given in a lot of circles is that the man is the breadwinner right. of the family. And in CRNA communities, that's. That's not the case. Patently yeah. untrue. No, yeah. CRNAs a lot of times marry schlubs. <laughs> Pierce, you're not a schlub. <laughs> Jeremy was talking about that himself. That was so bad, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jeremy's wife married one. <laughs> that was a bad joke, um, guys. But, you know, it's interesting because in the uh, scenario that I work in, office based, and I might, I might have a counterpart working there, and the man will leave, you know, and I'll be finishing up the cases, and he gets home earlier than I do, huh. makes more money than I do, maybe. I would, yeah. And I'm sure he's not doing laundry and cleaning the house. And women are still responsible for 80% of the child rearing as well as as home care. I guarantee you when he gets home, he's not cooking supper. His wife is still expected to do that. But yet I am the one who I'm still doing all of those things. What is it I read one time? And this is not to offend any. I love men. But it says that a mediocre female would be considered an outstanding man. (laughs) (laughs) I read that somewhere. I read that somewhere. I I think I'm above average here. You are above average. You, you are know. because we let you into <laughs> our yeah, you let me in the circle. You know? You're in the circle. You're in the circle. Yeah. That's it. But, you know, you know, I do find that interesting, though, because, I mean, you know, at my house, I mean, Sarah doesn't work full time, and she does take care of the kids more than I do. I mean, I'm 
obviously I earn more than she does, but she has potential to make good. Which is unusual in the CRNA community. It, it is. She, I mean, but, you know, she does cook more than I do. And, you know, I mean, that it's a different role. But Sarah, <laughs> you know, Sarah wants, she wants, that's kind of what she likes to do and what she wants, you know. I mean, but she With could the go. With pair. She doesn't have an apparel. Uh, <laughs> the one that used to even go to the meetings and take care of the kids. Yeah, but that was, you know, when they were little. Okay, you know, okay. Yeah, whatever, well, she yeah. was cute. But, but. Uh, yeah, we had a couple of cute ones and then the one that was crazy. But yeah. um, And that's the last one we had. Um, and I hope she's listening because she was crazy. Um, but um, anyway. But, yeah, I mean, you know, and it's just different. I mean, I try to help with the kids and I try to do my part and I don't think any less of her for that you know i mean i know that she could go out and earn two hundred thousand dollars a year if she wanted to but that doesn't work for our family you know and maybe one day when the kids are grown she might want to do it she might not you know but you know that's the way i view it sure well it's interesting because i think a lot of people view it that way i mean you know i've been asked for 10 years to run for court of appeals and i wouldn't do it because it's mostly based in raleigh and my family's in davidson county and i don't want to move i have no intention of moving she's staying at my house that's right (laughs) but you know my kids were younger then you know anthony was four and i had no intention of running a statewide election because my kids were so young and i wanted to be there and but be they for them. are they are but campaigning animals they are amazing. all of them <laughs> they are amazing they're wonderful but now that they're older i'm willing to step out you know i ran right. locally but i wasn't willing to run statewide because and i think it's uh, all about priorities yeah. and then also having a very supportive spouse oh my god <laughs> absolutely That's amazing he's a great chef too by the way oh he is a great he chef. is amazing i am blessed so yeah. when we first got married i cooked like all the time and then gradually I just kind of brought him over to the, <laughs> to the light and to the light and he I, likes I think to that's eat going well on at my house these days because Sarah's <laughs> like you cook so time. well that's uh, right what? well we'll go over there and <laughs> yeah. uh, Kimberly and I'll go over there sometimes and he'll just whip something up it's uh, so good is Sharon doesn't Pierce steak cook at your house I mean, oh yeah he's like well, the Pierce cook is at amazing. your house right oh yeah well, yeah I mean you know. he's like a chef I cook for know. the first 20 years we were married it's his turn see how that's things right. are changing see we you put are your professional right. life on hold for your children that's right that's what I'm hearing you say so I think a lot of women do that Kimberly, she's sitting over Duh. here, and she's got this look on her I face. I got nothing. So. I got a cat, <laughs> an adorable cat who loves me. Who loves well, all right, April. well, Kimberly, I want to put you on the spot. What do you think? What do you think about what I just said? About that, a lot of women put their professional life and their goals and their objectives on hold for their family. You know, I is that sexist of me? No, no, no. It's okay. not sexist of you. I haven't seen that because of the careers that I've chosen. As an accountant, as you mean a personally. CRNA, personally, personally I, yeah. I have yeah. not witnessed that. Right. But would that be true by and large? Perhaps. I have not witnessed that. Yeah. Well, I think it's innate in most women to take care of their children and their family. I mean, I think it's an innate thing. You because know? I see that in our, like Sharon was saying, in our CRNA community, our, yep. um, my counterparts my female crna counterparts are the breadwinners and their family it's a lot yeah so they do have children and then they come back to work full-time oh yeah yeah and a lot of i had the twins on spring break when uh, i was going to school working full-time 
went back to school the next Monday. Many of my colleagues yeah. have stay-at-home dads instead of yeah. they're not stay-at-home moms. They have stay-at-home dads. Well, if so one of the kids were sick, Pierce stayed at home mm-hmm, and I went mm-hmm. to work. Well, and that's not taboo anymore either. No, that's no, part well, of it. But I don't think that that's the typical. Uh, maybe it, maybe it is. I don't know. It, I don't have not, children. I have a cat. So yeah. maybe it's maybe in it a is bag or a box. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're talking about very educated very smart, very type A strong women that are CRNAs, okay? That's true. So it's a different environment. It is not the same as the general population out there. Uh, You know what? You say that. I think it's a matter of money. I don't think it's a matter Ooh. of smart. I don't think it's a matter of educated. I like the way Kimberly thinks. I, I think I'm telling you, her money. brain is fascinating. Yeah. It, it, it is. I mean, I, and I always, Sharon says, I always relate everything back, but I think so many things in our world directly relate and reflect that. But I agree. I mean, if you've got a man who's earning $30,000 a year and a wife who can earn $187,000 a year, I mean, the economics just don't make exactly. sense. There, right. Yeah. You know? Um, and it also so now it also takes a special man. You're right. I could never do it. No, no. There's no way. Really? I could do it. Absolutely <gasps> never. That really? surprises me. Oh years. my no. god! Oh, you terrific! No, 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 I don't pig. think that's a pig. I'm surprised no, to hear my that. I'm really surprised to hear that. Yeah. After everything you just my said, my patience level with my kids. No, no, no. Take no, no, the kids no, no, out no. of this. Take the kids out of the equation. Like, no, could, no, no, could no. Could she would... be the breadwinner and you be okay with it? I'd be okay with it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, but I'm talking, about, I'm talking about with children. Uh, you know? oh, I, mean, no, I, no, no, I no, could no, never no. stay at like home and be a stay-at-home dad. That's not, <laughs> I don't like it's them. not that I don't like children. I love my kids. They're amazing No, I love mine. I don't like them. There's a reason I wasn't a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, man. I am a great mom. I love my kids, and I'm an awesome mom, and I am there for Every yes, need you my children yes, have, you no are. matter what it is, it's but true. I am not a stay-at-home mom. Couldn't yeah. do it. You're a better mom crazy. after 4 p.m. I'd be crazy. Just like me. <laughs> yeah, and that's me, too. I mean, uh, we I'm thought, the same now, way I, as a parent. Yeah, we, we, my, we thought you said something yeah, different. No, no, We're good. Yeah. Was, would yeah. you be, uh, there's not a lot of men that are okay with a woman making more money. Well, and I, and guess it, I think that's changing. I think that's changing. Yeah. I think that's a generational You know what? I think yes. the reason for me, Norm. from my perspective, is because I have made more money. You know, I could see well, men. Well, Pierce made more money than me when we first got married. But I could, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think as a man, sometimes you view that as being partially a failure. Yeah, being demasculated. And there's a lot of that going on in this country. I mean, we all know that. There is a demasculization movement mm-hmm. of men for a multiple of reasons, which we could have another podcast on that. There you go. Some good and some bad. But I think a lot of men just feel, you know, that they should take care of their families. And I think that's where a lot of that comes from, in my opinion. Well, I'm a public servant, so I just want to put out there that makes more than me. <laughs> you know, and it's not all—it's not always about that either. You know, I think it's about you know some men just want to feel like they're providing for their families as mm-hmm. well. So, and some women want to feel that. You know, I mean, it just doesn't. So you, you just got to find the balance that works for you. Yes, you know, because mm-hmm. we're all different. So, what I'm getting is we did not solve any problems tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a whole lot. Uh-huh. Oh, no. We, <laughs> we had great food and great fellowship. But yeah, that's absolutely. So how do you feel about being let into the fold? 
It's been fun. I've it is fun. It. Yeah, it's been a fun night. It's yeah. special because we don't let just anyone into Thank our Actually, I don't think we've ever let. She's right. There's not another. We've never yeah. let anybody mm-hmm. in. Wow. Well, we would have let Jeff in, but he scattered. That is true. Mm-hmm. He did. He, he did. cooked he for us. He made dinner. And then he, <laughs> and then and then he, he left. left. <laughs> That's true. And Pierce would do very well. Oh, Pierce would talk this oh, yeah. whole time. I mean, Pierce yeah. is the be best good. girlfriend yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. Definitely. I could see well, that that's him. not true. But he's a good girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pierce can talk to anybody about anything. So. Yes. But you're special. Thank you, April. We let you into the fold. It was fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. And enjoyed yeah. all the food that we brought. Yeah, and the grape juice. He doesn't have a scratch on him. I know. <laughs> we don't have your cat. And we didn't let her out of the bag or the box. We didn't let her out of the bag or the box. <laughs> and she loves me. I just want to be on oh record. Oh, my God. Listen, she grabbed Sally Gordon, and Sally Gordon's eyes are about to pop out. She's oh going, my God. meow, meow, meow. Like saucers. She loves me. Uh-huh. I said, Judge, you better let her down. You're not going to look really good. You're not a cat person. I am. Are I you really? Lo- well, she loves animals. I, I love oh, animals, animals, period. Okay. I have four dogs and a cat. Okay. Yeah, and I can we used see to have a, a dog that will not stop licking. Licking. Oh, oh yeah. We have one got a little too. neurological mm-hmm. thing. But, yeah. you know, so I take in special animals <laughs> as well. <laughs> You're not so talking about tell- me and Kimberly, are you? <laughs> I know. I, know. I, I wasn't looking we at you when I said that. She was looking at me. That's how, you know, that's how I got into this whole thing, by being special. So I have to tell you about my cat. So we have this cat that my daughter and Sarah, we went over to a birthday party. A friend of mine was having a birthday party for his son. And they had all these kittens. And they live kind of out a little bit in the country. And all these kittens, everybody came over and all the kittens scattered except for one. And he kind of stood up on the porch, you know, and I looked at the cat and I'm like, what's wrong with his ear? Half of his ear is gone. And so um, my friend, you know, commenced to tell me that his wife was cutting his child's hair on the back porch. And while mom went inside, child grabbed the scissors (laughs) and started to give Kitty a little cut and cut the cat's ear halfway off. So. You know, we're at this birthday party. All these other cats are scattered. And my wife and daughter go, we want to take this kitten home with us. And I didn't realize at the time that that was a dumb kitten that let some little kid stand there and cut its ear off. It's a sweet kitten. It's a loving kitten. He has turned out to be an interesting kitten. Uh-huh. So he, he loves you, doesn't he? He would. He loves me. He actually does love me. <laughs> That's and right. I'm surprised oh, no. because I've never been a cat person. So he would fall. He fell from the balcony no, no. upstairs onto the hardwood floors like three times. And we had a place down at Lake Norman. We were up on a third level mm-hmm. balcony. And one night I was getting ready to go to bed. And I'm looking because Sarah would always want to bring this cat with us when we went to the lake. And I'm looking everywhere for this cat, and I can't find this cat. Sarah's already gone to bed. I'm like, where the heck is this cat at? And I had the screen door open, you know, looking under the bed and looking in the bedrooms. And all of a sudden, I'm like, no, he didn't go out on the balcony. He did go out on the balcony. And I I look over the balcony, and I hear, meow. The cat has fallen three stories down (laughs) onto the ground and lived. Okay. Then oh, it gets better. Lives. It That's gets better. I'm telling lives. you, it gets better. So then one day in our backyard, I see this cat 
running through the backyard with three coyotes behind oh. him. Now, this cat has no front claws because when we had him inside, we declawed him. Oh, no. When we moved out oh. to Davie County, we put the cat outside. You did not we do did. that to that kitty. That cat is tough. <laughs> He climbs trees. He fights other cats. He survived. He's a survivor. Now, listen to this. It gets even better. I'm going to tell you two more stories about this cat. Oh, my God. So I come home one day. What's his name? Logan. Oh, Oh, okay. At first, we thought he was a girl, and we called him Lola. Oh. And then when we figured out he was a boy, we called him Logan. Okay. Did you have to, like, you know, check? Wait, wait. I didn't know how to check a cat. Oh, okay. I never had a cat before, so. It's the same as, like. Dogs and humans. Well, he must not be really oh, okay. well endowed. I couldn't <laughs> uh, so. He didn't have claws. And he, didn't have- <laughs> he didn't have anything. Poor kitty. Yeah. So then one day I come home and I'm sitting in the driveway and I'm talking on the phone like I do all the time. And I just commenced to pull the car right in the garage. You did not. And guess what? I hear ba doop ba No. You did And I'm like, what this was that? The kids, has, God it has not the kids have left a ball out in the driveway. So I get out of the car and I turn around and I look for the ball and I hear. Oh, my God. And the cat, over the cat. I ran over the cat. Oh, my God. With a Cadillac Escalade, okay? Oh, my gosh. No lie. I this call Sarah, and I'm like, you've got to get home. I just ran over the cat. She's like, okay, I'm on my way. So she gets there. She takes the cat to the vet because I had to take the kids somewhere else. And Because come to- you ran over their cat. Yeah, yeah. Kidding. So, and come to find out, the only thing that happened to the cat is I broke its pelvis. Oh. And it is the best thing that could have ever happened because the vet's like, in two months, you'll never know it happened. No, you are kidding. I'm not kidding you. Oh, my goodness. And I promise you, he stayed in two months. We doctored him back. This cat is fine. He runs. He jumps. He plays. He does everything. So not only that, then the last episode so far, I've got to All tell right, you how about. Many are I mean, I know. I'm like, how many lives are we at? This is two, Logan, three, okay? Four. okay. We had a friend come over. He's got a pickup truck. He's going to the mountains. He stops in. I'm working from home that day. Sarah's there. And he calls about two and a half hours later. And he says, is your cat there? And we're like, I don't know. He's outside. Why? He's like, well, just the weirdest thing. He's like, I'm sitting in the parking lot of Hardee's. And I look over and this cat's trying to cross the road. And he kind of looks oh like your cat, Logan. Tell my. And we're like, where are you at? And he's, I can't remember, somewhere in the mountains, Selma or somewhere. Oh, my. The cat had actually crawled up in the back of his pickup truck in the spare tire and rode two and a half hours up the highway. No He stops at Hardy's to get lunch, goes in, eats lunch, comes back out. The cat's walking around the truck and crosses the road, and he sees Logan, our cat, and he calls, and we're like, no, he's not here. He's like, I think this is your cat. And he said, does he have a clipped ear? Yep. Jeremy. And it is Logan, and he picks the cat up, takes him to work with him all day, and brings him home that night. That's five lives. So yeah. your poor kitty only has four more lives. Holy I'm expecting an update cow. on the next. I'm podcast. telling you, I don't know what's going to happen next with this cat, but Holy uh, cow. but he's well, an interesting I be cat. That cat. No kidding. <laughs> so, That's my cat story. 
All right. Well, I guess that's a good place to wrap this podcast. Are you sure? I'm just getting started. Let's keep going, guys. This is fun. I'm coming to the next one. When are we getting together? You are now in the inner circle. You're invited every every week, you know, but I just built a fire pit at the apartment. So we'll be sitting outside at the fire pit. Bring the marshmallows. All right. Marshmallows. I got a nice little fire pit, too. I do, too. I come to the house. Well, there you have yeah. it. Will your kids be there? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put them to bed like we Will do. Logan be there? <laughs> <laughs> Logan will be there. Y'all could meet Logan. We'll throw him in the yeah. fire and see how he does. <laughs> He's a survivor. I told you. We'll bring <laughs> Sally Gordon over. I Sally Gordon. see what Sally Gordon would oh do Oh, my God. Sally, You're uh, Sally Gordon like, is Totally demolishes oh, anything that really? walks. Sally Gordon is a bitch. Yes. Oh, wow. She, she loves me, though. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> With her eyes sticking out <laughs> first and straight up. Going to claw the judge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last time I went home, I was covered in fur. Yes, oh. she was. Yes, Not she sure was. exactly why. Because, you know, scratches, she loves me. <laughs> she does. All right, Sharon, do you want to wrap it? I think so. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap then. I think it is. Well. We want to thank our listeners to listening to Beyond the Mat. Why are you looking at me like this? I mean, you know. Cole, did you forget your line? No, not at all. But you're. This was way beyond the mask, people. Wow. Way, way beyond the mask. Walter, can you fix this, please? <laughs> Sharon is messing me up right now. Walter's got his work cut out for him. That's all I'm going to say. But all we right. shared innovative. And, it uh, was you know, innovative. It was. Yes, yeah. it's great ideas. Absolutely. For CRNAs, they have to learn about things other than just the medical Absolutely. field. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Sharon, I think that's a wrap. I believe it is. All right, we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show, make sure you tell other people because that's the only way we grow, right, Sharon? That's exactly right. You know, we're in the top 50 medical podcast in the country and where do we want to be we want to be number one but we're going to tell everybody we want to be in the top 10 yes so tell your friends that's right tell your friends listen to us and leave us a review but only if it's positive there's enough negativity in the world till next time it's a wrap Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, president of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and president and founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support.
OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.